Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine, as always, joined by my co-host, Susie Porton, who's hanging out in upstate New York. Susie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am very well. Um, We only have two of these programs left before we take the summer off, as we always do. Yes. That's kind of sad, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, Not that parents don't need help over the summer, just that um, we need a break, too. Right. Any thoughts that you want to start with today? Sure. Well, let's start out by giving the number. That's a good idea. Go ahead. Okay, 347-994-2981. And press the number one. Very good. A little role reversal there. (laughs) Um, This past week I attended a terrific parents' presentation, and in talking with parents who were there, it really reminded me of two things. One is the model really works because it recognizes that challenging behaviors are really evidence that a kid has lagging skills and unsolved problems that need to be addressed collaboratively and proactively. Also, just how much interest there truly is in the collaborative and proactive solutions model. Please keep your eyes on the Lives in the Balance website. If there's a parent's presentation in your area or not too far away, they're really valuable for parents with challenging children. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Dr. Green, and that is, if I understand it correctly, doesn't your new book, Raising Human Beings, that comes out in August, apply the model to children who aren't traditionally viewed as challenging? It does. We, I mean, every kid has their moments. Um, sure. But that book is where we start applying the model to all kids um, and not just those with behavioral challenges. And you are right, that comes out in August. Great. Looking forward. Me too. And it was, um, well, it was uh, lots of, uh, it was the folks in Orangeville, Ontario, who got that parent's presentation. Um, and that's very exciting. And there was a good group there. And um, I had never spoken in Orangeville before. Had you ever been in Orangeville before? 
I had not. Me either. And we got clarification on how Orangeville is pronounced. Yes, I was just going to say. So I think we're good to go. Yep. Um, Shall we start with some email? Because we do not have any callers yet. Sometimes they join in later. Um, Here we go. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is a very recent one. In fact, this one just came in today. So there's there's quick service. Uh, We have recently started reading The Explosive Child, and we are so thankful for this book. I have a few questions on how to deal with different situations. Our son is 13 years old and has always been strong-willed. We are struggling with social media. He seems to be obsessed with Snapchat and Instagram. How do we impose limitations? I do not have the password to his phone, and after reading your book, I'm not sure how or if I should obtain it. I tried to use Plan B to talk about putting some limitations on his phone time, and he responded with, why is it a problem? I'm doing my homework. I get up for school when I'm supposed to, and I'm not behaving badly. How do I respond to that? My second question is, our son is now very angry with us because we sold a summer home that we've had since he was a baby. We had talked about selling it for the past few years because we don't use it enough. My husband put it on the market a month ago. Things were already very stressful, so I did not tell the kids right away. I really thought it would take some time to sell. It didn't. It sold in two weeks. We have it until June 30th. Our 13-year-old is so angry, sad, upset. He said he feels it is the only place where he is truly happy. There are plenty of unhappy times there as well, but I think when he looks back, he only sees the good times. He has not decided he just won't speak to me. He has has now decided he just won't speak to me. He's been giving me the silent treatment for two days. Is there any way to break through that, or should I just let him have his time? It's a great one. Let's see if we can help out this mom, shall we? Yes, let's. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Mom's using some interesting wording here. The most interesting wording is impose limitations on the social media. When you are doing plan B, you are imposing nothing. So we've we've got to get that squared away here, and that might just be a vocabulary issue. That might just be an issue... um, uh, that the mom just started reading The Explosive Child, but you're you're not imposing anything when you are implementing the collaborative and proactive solutions model. And limitations, um, you're going to replace with your concerns. And so I'm not seeing in this email what your concerns are about these social media that would prompt you to want to have limitations in the first place. And your son is kind of uh, calling you on it. He's doing his homework. He's getting up for school when he's supposed to. He's not behaving badly. So if you're going to do plan B, if you're going to try to solve a problem collaboratively and proactively, it's because there's an expectation that your son is not meeting. And we have a vague sense of that from this email, uh, the 13-year-old seems to be uh, using Snapchat and Instagram more than mom wants him to be. 
But we're going to have to come up with a more explicit concern than that. Otherwise, and this is very common, we, we, we adults, we feel that something's the matter. We don't know really what it is. We can't really figure out what our concerns are, but we start imposing limitations anyways. Um, to do this model, you have to have some concerns to put on the table. Otherwise, you're just doing plan C, which is setting it aside for now. Or, or truth is, you're deciding you don't have an unmet expectation, in which case you're not doing anything. It's not an unmet expectation. To decide whether you have an unmet expectation, you have to have some concerns about the amount of media t so time your son is spending on social media. So that's my take on that one. But you may not have made it far enough into the explosive child to know about all of that stuff yet, but now you do. But you want to keep reading. If you haven't gotten to the plan B part, um, one thing for sure, you're not imposing limitations when you're um, – using collaborative and proactive solutions, what you are doing is making sure that the concerns of both parties are met. But what you have to decide at first is, do I have an unmet expectation? And that's part number one. Part number two, it sounds like your son is legitimately angry, sad, and upset, even though he's had some unhappy times at the second home. He's had some happy times as well. Your judgment call based on your knowledge about your son as to whether the silent treatment will pass or whether you want to broach the topic with him, I would say that that's a judgment call based on your knowledge about your son, me not knowing him and Susie not knowing him. I'm not sure that we can give you uh, sort of an algorithm for when to um, – uh, let him have his time versus try to engage him in conversation. I would say that that mostly has to do with your sense of your son and um, how these things usually go with him. And those are my thoughts on that. Susie, I bet you have some thoughts on that. Um, well, for the first part of the email, um, it's pretty great advice, and there's not much that I would add to. But for the second part, um, I just want to make sure that the mom sees it as a family problem and not just the son, um, that um, she has the right lenses on, that he's lagging skills and he has some unsolved problems. Um, I remember uh, there was a point that for whatever reason, my son was very upset with me and not only did not talk to me for uh, several days, but he refused to take his medicine, which was um, a very important thing for him to do. And um, I let him have some time, and um, after a few days, I just, texted him and said, you know, if there was anything that I could do to help or that we could talk about, um, that I was available, that, you know, I was trying to understand better and I really wanted to help him. And uh, for, for our particular uh, child and um, that circumstance that worked. Good. 
I think that um, I think that that might be all we have to say on that one. Shall we try another? Sure. Here's another recent one. Hi, I have benefited significantly from your book, The Explosive Child. I have an additional question regarding how to handle a child who eats poorly, which contributes significantly to her periods of frustration and explosiveness. My daughter will forego food if there is nothing to her liking. She has anxiety over food selections and has a very limited diet. Um, How do we help her with this challenge? Well, um, I think you do plan B on this unsolved problem. Um, uh, Difficulty eating uh, if there is no food to your liking sounds like the way I would word that unsolved problem. And then we're going to do the empathy step where we gather information about the kid's concern or perspective on that, and then we get your concern or perspective on that, which I think we have a little bit of information on already, which is that um, when she doesn't eat, it affects her mood and makes her more easily frustrated and uh, like that. Um, And then the invitation is going to sound something like this. I don't like to predict invitations ahead of time because we haven't um, identified the kids' concerns yet. But let's say the kids' concerns are that there's just a very limited range of foods she likes, and when those foods aren't available, she's not eating. Um, I wonder if there's something we can do to make sure the foods that you like are available and also make sure that um, when those foods aren't available, we sort we uh, still well, let me think of how we'd word this um, so that you're not frustrated and hungry and not eating anything. Um, and that's sort of the basic parameters. It's hard to sort of do an invitation without knowing extensively what the concerns of both parties are. And then we're going to start thinking of a solution to see if we can solve that problem because at the moment the fact that it's still going on simply tells us that it's unsolved. Susie, anything to add to that one? It sounds like a classic case for Plan B. It absolutely does. Um, Hunger played a huge part in my uh, son's life, and I tried my best to um, always make sure that I had um, his special foods on hand and snacks so that um, he didn't become overly frustrated and, and explosive. Um, that was one of the things that I could do as a parent. I just recognized that he was a uh, he was very particular about food that he would eat. Um, but I kind of let that one go because we were working on one or two other um, unsolved problems at the time, and um, so I just I just had the foods that I knew that he um, enjoyed around the house. A lot of picky eaters out there. I actually count myself as one of them. Um, I wish I was uh, picky to the point that I didn't eat cookies um, because 
regrettably, there are frequently cookies available at my workshops, and it's hard to resist them, especially the chocolate chocolate chip ones. Um, so there are things I wish I was picky about, um, but um, I probably don't eat 98% of the foods that are available to me. And in some respects, that's good because some of those foods aren't good for me, but the chocolate chip cookies are on that list. And yet, those are things I'm not picky about. Here's another email. Are we ready? Ready. Another pretty recent one. This one came in last week. Hi there. We are desperate for some help. Our son is almost eight years old. We adopted him at four and a half years. He was born deaf, had severe neglect for two and a half years before moving into foster care and getting cochlear implants. He moved several times to different foster care homes and a group home at one point. He has made leaps and bounds in his communication and behavior. However, we are having major issues at school in particular. His teachers are amazing, and overall the school is wonderful, but we are stuck. He is a bully to other kids, and it is happening 90% of the time during unstructured time, recess, lunch, in the bathroom and hallway. He is hurting kids, punching, pulling and twisting their arms, throwing rocks, putting their shoes in the urinal, etc., We have done tons of teaching, talking, and strategies, for example, social thinking, social detective work, visual cues, social stories, consequencing, etc. He does not appear to care, nor does anything change his behavior. He seems pleased at spending time talking to the principal and appears to have no remorse. If he has a partner in crime and they get caught, the other child will be crying and saying, sorry, and my son seems quite pleased and any consequences have no ill effect. We have recently increased his medication. He has a diagnosis of ADHD and is currently being assessed. He appears to be functioning at a three- or four-year-old level in most areas. Any suggestions or advice would be greatly appreciated. Our pleasure. Let's jump in here. First of all, it does sound like this uh, young lad got off to a very difficult start, Um, had some apparently, um, whoops, I forgot to do that, didn't I? No problem. Oh, yeah, well, not a rare event on this program. Um, So it sounds like it was a very tough start in multiple realms, um, severe neglect, Uh, born deaf. Um, So we have a kid who was struggling from the get-go, and it is great that he has made leaps and bounds in communication and behavior. All right, so that's all great, although we are still reading that he is still functioning at a three- or four-year-old level in most areas. So we still have a guy here who is, um, though he has made significant progress. He um, is still behind in most areas and apparently perhaps socially not at the same developmental level as his same-aged peers. And what we're hearing is that he is conducting himself in ways that are not at the same developmental level with his same-aged peers, and that it's happening during unstructured time. So I'm going to, of course, I haven't met this kid, um, and I don't know the situation real well, but um, I'm going to assume, this is usually an extremely safe assumption, 
that he's lacking some very important social skills and that our efforts to train these social skills and consequence the behaviors that he exhibits when he is demonstrating to us that he does not have those social skills hasn't gotten him to the point where he is at the same developmental level as his peers. And we are especially seeing that during unstructured social times. Now, the good news about that is that it lends itself to the um, uh, writing of unsolved problems, um, recess, lunch, in the bathroom. And those unsolved problems would probably be worded as difficulty getting along with, and we can either name specific kids that he's especially having trouble getting along with, or kids in general, um, which would be a little less specific, but we could potentially roll with it. We are not going to put any of the behavior in the unsolved problem. So punching, pulling and twisting arms, throwing rocks, putting their shoes in the urinal will not be in the unsolved problem. And so now here's the part that I'm not that clear about. Um, I haven't heard that we've actually tried to solve the problem collaboratively with, with your son. Um, I get it that he does not appear to care. I get it that the things we've done so far have not changed his behavior. I would, I would say that that doesn't mean that all of the teaching, talking, and strategizing hasn't gotten the job done. But I'll tell you what's missing from all of the information that we've been provided. Um, I don't hear his concern or perspective. Um, I'm not seeing it. Uh, and that would tell me that we've done plan B. And I'm not reading that we've done plan B, so there is one huge piece of information missing. What is the eight-year-old son's take on all of these unsolved problems? The increase in medication isn't going to help us know that. The diagnosis of ADHD isn't going to help us know his concerns. The assessment that's currently being done is not going to help us with those concerns. That's the piece of information we are most badly in need of. Then, of course, to continue with Plan B, we would put our concerns on the table and see if we can arrive at a collaborative solution. A lot of the times when adults are teaching, talking, and strategizing with kids, it's not collaborative. It's what we've decided the kid needs. And it sounds like we have kind of decided that this kid does not care um, and that he is pleased to be talking to the principal. And all of these things say to me, even more than ever, we really need his concern or perspective entered into consideration because a lot of the stuff we've been doing so far has been based on our concerns there's one huge piece missing, his. Susie, what are your thoughts on that? Well, just uh, one of the main points that you make in your book, The Explosive Child, that life is not easy for challenging children. Um, I don't think he's choosing to be a bully. Um, you know, the, I just think that, um, right, you've got to get his concerns on the table and um, talk it out with him. Um, 
I don't really have a whole lot more to add. All right. Let's check the phone lines. We do have a caller from area code 585. I think that this is a repeat caller. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that, but who knows. But here we go. Area code 585, you are on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi, how are you? Good, you? Um, Good, thanks. Um, I was calling. Um, Again, I'm having a hard time, um, uh, like, wording um, uh, an issue. My my son... um, Again, he has he has a diagnosis of ADHD, which I know isn't really doesn't really matter. Um, medicines help with con- concentration, but um, he gets into like, I don't know how to word um, the issue of him being having a, an annoying behavior sometimes, like annoying his brother and not stopping or doing having doing things that annoy me it seems on purpose i get that he may not be able to stop it um i don't really know you know of course i don't know how to word it i can't you know am i gonna say i see you have difficulty not annoying me today um or it may be that i'm having difficulty not tolerating what he's doing Well, anything's possible, but, but yeah. it does sound like you have an expectation that you not be annoyed, right? The um, only tricky part here is that um, you've identified what he's doing that you don't like. The hard part, right. this is the hard part for everybody, is identifying what your expectation is under those conditions. So I guess the first question I would ask is, are there conditions under which you are more most likely to be annoyed. It mostly happens if it mostly happens when he's with his brother, his little brother, he's 4. The little brother's 4 and he um is 7 and they like feed off of each other. So they're running around the house and I ask them to take it outside or they're rolling around. I say, you know, if you want to stay inside and it's it's you play differently, you play quietly. Um, if you want to play like this, just go outside, and they keep going. Um, or um, or he's annoying his brother, like just poking him or looking at him or saying something that his brother has already expressed that bothers him, and he looks at him and does it again and again and again. Um, so a lot of these are happening um, when he's playing with his brother. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. And I think we just need to be specific about when that occurs. And so I would begin, I guess the, I'm just missing sort of one um, verb and adjective. Is it playing quietly with brother, and then we would need a time after school, after dinner. Um, is it your expectation that they play quietly? Is that why you're telling them to take it outside so they can be noisy? 
I guess what I'm trying to uh, pin down here is what is our expectation? That's always the hard part. Yeah, I guess they can. I just, hmm. I guess it's it's it might be a spatial thing. I mean, they can be in the playroom, family room, but they tend to like run around where the family is, or you know. Um, so. So difficulty keeping loud and boisterous play to the playroom. Sounds like your expectation yeah. is that it's okay if they play loudly, okay mm-hmm. if they're boisterous, but that they keep it confined to a particular space. But I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is the hard part okay. is I mean, everybody struggles with this. We adults are just so much better at saying what somebody's doing that we don't like. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot harder to say, well, what what are my expectations here? But would you say that that's your expectation, that they keep the loud yeah. and boisterous play confined to the playroom? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. There you have it. Yeah, that's great. How about um, with the little brother when he's... Um, annoying him like repeating something or or saying something not nice to him over and over again or um the question is who's unsolved problem who do we want to address that unsolved problem with because what what mm-hmm. well I guess let me ask this question what is our expectation for what he will do when his brother is repeating things over and over again No, when he does it to his brother, like he'll. Oh, him doing um, it to his brother. Yeah, he's doing it to his brother. Like he'll um, say something that his brother doesn't like, and his brother will say, "No, I'm not," or "No, I don't like that," and he'll just do it over and over and over again, or or take a toy from him and on purpose things. So I think you're referring now to the aftermath of an unsolved problem that is further upstream. The key there is you said um, his brother is doing something that he doesn't like, and then what you're describing starts. Is that right? Um, No, not always. Um, Sometimes it's him doing it. Um, I mean, usually it's him doing it to his little brother. So he will take a toy out of his little brother's hands just to annoy him, or he will call him something just to annoy him. And when his little brother says, I don't like that, he keeps going. Well, our assumption that it's just to annoy him yeah. But I guess what we have to get to, we have to get away from the just to annoy him part mm-hmm. and yeah. get to what expectation he's having difficulty meeting. So I'm hearing some little hints in there. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're having difficulty sharing toys. So I, the further we move away from um, just to annoy him, the closer mm-hmm. we'll get to what your expectation is. How is it that you expect them to play together? 
and what aspect of that expectation are they having difficulty meeting? Sharing, um, taking yeah, turns. Mm-hmm. Well, being kind is a little vague, and we, we just want to make sure that we're not referring to the aftermath, which is when it starts, when they start sort of going after each other, because of an expectation they're having difficulty meeting. You know what I mean? So I want to paddle as far upstream as I can to what it is they're having difficulty doing before things start to get ugly. Once again, sharing, taking turns. um, What are they having trouble doing together before they start um, trying to annoy each other further to get even? Hmm. Yeah, I guess I should observe that a little more. Um, because it happens in lots of different situations, and I just haven't, I don't think I've pinpointed that yet. That's, and uh, it's often mm-hmm. the case that people have to um, uh, pay a little bit closer attention to what is going on that starts to cause the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it just up to now it just seemed most of the time like something spontaneous, <laughs> like some it just occurred to him. But um, I guess that, it's not that's fair the to thing look to watch at, more at closely. Mm-hmm. Now, Susie can probably weigh in here because she has some um, extensive experience with siblings torturing mm-hmm. each other. Susie, what are your <laughs> well, thoughts? That sounds good. <laughs> Um, well, our son, um, let's see, how do I say this, uh, had trouble putting the brakes on when he, um, when he had certain interactions with his older brother, um, or younger sister, and uh, in being, in, we tried to be very specific um, in the circumstances that led to the behavior, um, and frequently we found out that our son uh, misunderstood that it was a way of getting attention or being funny or what what I was um, seeing as annoying or um, maladaptive behavior was just a misinterpretation and my son not understanding um, how his behavior was affecting others. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, and I and I obviously um, look at it that way as as um, uh, and but sometimes it just I guess I'm the the one that has a difficult time um, not becoming annoyed. Well, it's it's hard. It's very difficult to to sit there and um, watch, but. Just 
also to try to remember that it's not just the seven-year-old that it takes, as Dr. Green is fond of saying, it takes two to tango. And, you know, that it's a family problem, Mm -hmm. Um, not just the um, older one. But Mm -hmm. if you, you know, uh, can try to keep a log of the uh, problems that have come up for, try to keep a log for a week and um, use the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems that is in the paperwork section. Um, And then prioritize your two or three uh, unsolved problems. Um, That helps a lot. And, And to do all of this, Proactively, you don't mm-hmm. want to um, do it in the heat of the moment because that doesn't work so well. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Good luck we with it, and you do. know you can call in. You've got some work to do, maybe some observations mm-hmm. to do, but yep. um, uh, and always challenging to think of what are my expectations that is um that's a huge part of moving away from behavior and moving away from assumptions and toward um making sure that the expectations are explicit so often they aren't and just putting difficulty in front of it so that you can word the unsolved problem well so that you and your kids can start working on them together yeah I think that's 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 very helpful. Now that you Good. say it that way, and um, yeah, and part of you know m- me getting annoyed by it is because I don't know what to do about it. But that's gonna help me, um, you know, get started <laughs> at least. Call in any time. We're glad you called. Thank you so much. You bet. Take, Take care. Thank you. Now, Susie, we have two other callers here late in the game. We're going to oh, go great. with the person who's been holding the longest from area code 416. I want to let area code 562 know that there's some chance we won't be able to get to him or her, but we'll try. So area code 416, you're on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dr. Green. Hi, Susie. Um, Hi. My, I've, I've, I've gotten some success with your plan B and your exclusive child with your strategies at home. I'd say that I've I've most benefited from home because that's where I can get ahead of it. That's where I can be the most proactive. Um, I think what my issue is now is at school, um, my son has a tendency to get frustrated and he'll lash out or he'll hit kids. Um, he's three. And the teachers will say, oh, he, he hit this kid and it was for no reason. And it was out of nowhere. So often I'm not hearing about it until the kid goes out and then communication is an issue for them. And I'm having a hard time kind of getting to the bottom of it with him. Do you have any suggestions? (laughs) Susie, you want to tackle that one first? Um, Sure, I can try. Um, One thing that helped was um, when I worked in a preschool was we had a book mm-hmm. that, um, just a little composition book that we passed back and forth between the parents and the teachers. And and it um, explained, you know, 
what um, what exactly happened because there's there's always you're you're not getting the full story. There's always a reason. There's always a reason. Yeah. Right. That um, you're you did say your son. Yes. He is my son. Yeah. 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 And and I that, yeah. And he is definitely the aggressive child. Doctor Green writes about like that's him. So I understand him more, which has helped me, but I don't think right. the teachers quite can wrap their heads around him. Right, right. And I don't know if it's possible, but um, for um, you to uh, purchase a copy of um, either The Explosive Child or Lost at School and and bring it in and suggest to... Um, you know, this is a model that you're using at home with lots of success, and right. you'd like for them to um, carry it over at school as well, because um, clearly what they're doing isn't working. So right, and then he gets in trouble, which I, mm-hmm. I, 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 and then after when I try to talk to him about it, he avoids it because he feels like I'm getting him in trouble. Like he feels, sure. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He won't open up, and and I try to drill. I say, "What happened? What's up?" Like I, I heard you. You he wasn't sharing with you. Like what? What's up? And he just says, "I don't want to talk." I'm like oh, Aww. okay. Like, but I yeah. know that it's because he got in in trouble with it. Can I ask a sub question? And I know you have another caller, but he's going into kindergarten. Do you think the that I'd have maybe more success keeping him in this private daycare for the next two years as opposed to putting him into the public system where the ratios will be like double. We have no Meaning idea. Meaning they'll be like, no, it's hard to say. It depends on the child. Very hard to say. Um, oh, I wonder no, if with I'm, a smaller environment, yeah. Well, smaller is great, but um, I think you're picking adults here. Right. Um, you're picking people who are kid-savvy and who you know will treat your kid humanely and help him make progress. Um, right. So the structural piece is good to know about and good to take into consideration. But I think what you're really looking for here is human yes. beings. Who do you want your kid to be with and who's going to be best at understanding him and treating him humanely and effectively? Um, and I'd rather have that in a class of 25 than have the opposite in a class of 10. Cool. Yeah, you're right. That makes Thanks. sense? Okay. Could it I does go ahead, sense. Susie? Sorry. No, no. I just wanted to add one more thing that if you can, when you're talking to your son, um, to do it proactively and in a quiet time, you know, to to make a an appointment with him and right. to reassure him that he's not in trouble, you're not mad at him, you're right. just trying to understand. Yeah. I try. I will try. Of course. Well, of course. Thanks, guys. Well, it's very hard to do. It's very hard to next to impossible to do an entire plan B when you don't know what went down and are doing it right. based on secondhand information and right. don't have the uh his what I call dance partners there. Um, I need the and why. so the big question is yeah. what's that? I I'm, what what's I saying? what I need from him I need the why. I need to know why why it's happening in order to yeah, be able I, to be proactive. Well, I think that 
you know, you are you can do the empathy step without the other parties present. But you won't hmm. know if what he's saying adds up given the scenario in which he finds himself. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a lot of those situations you need the person there who he's having the difficulty with. Um yeah. and you don't. So that's very difficult <laughs> to do plan B that way, you know. Um so the big question is how can you partner with the school on seeing if you can get some of the problems that you're hearing about from school, but that mm-hmm. you're trying to problem solve at home, but without really knowing enough about them to actually even get the conversation started. That's tough. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. frequently impossible to do. So <laughs> those are my thoughts as well. Okay. I just, I'm scared he's going to just be red flagged in the system of like the school board. And then I, I guess I could always pull him out and take him back to the private school. I don't know. Anyway, that, we'll that see. decision I, I don't I just, know if we can help you with. I, I, I didn't expect an answer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I no, but you can make an appointment with, with you know, the private daycare and with the public kindergarten and, you know, talk with the teachers now yeah. um, before the school year starts, and maybe that will help to inform you to make a better decision. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You bet. You bet. Thanks for calling in. We are going to have to call it a day, Susie. So with apologies to our caller from area code 562, please call in at the beginning of next week's program because next week is our last program for about three months. So um, call in as early as you can next time. Susie, thank you as always for doing this. Love doing the program, Dr. Green. And we'll do it again next week. Sounds great. Take care. You too. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.